Welcome to Caritals. This week, relationship errors, surprising your boss. The questions this cast answers are, why is my boss being surprised a bad thing? Why should I care about the chain of command? And when should I tell my boss things he needs to know? Many of you have been to our conferences before, and if you've been to one of our events, you might wish that you could rewind part of the day and hear it again right now. Lucky for you, you can. We have video versions of all of our conferences, including the exercises, so that you can rewind and redo any part of the day that you would like a refresher on. To find out more, go to manager-tools.com and choose the video courses in the products menu of your choice. Sarah, I've had this experience as a direct, and I'm sure it's never happened to you because you're perfect and all, but sometimes <laughs> Mark finds out stuff about me or about my work or about something that happened, not from me. And I can tell you that situation doesn't go well for me. It usually begins, why wouldn't you have told me that? Right. And I usually have no very good answer. Um, and so... As always, we want to save people from our mistakes. We, we made the mistakes. Now we're going to tell you what not to do. Uh, so in this cast, I'm going to put you, we're going to talk about what not to do in the, in the realm of surprising your boss and how you can stay out of being in trouble, unlike me. <laughs> All right. And how do we do that? First, uh, be the first person to tell your boss, rely on relationships, and still be the first person to tell your boss. Work your boss and politics. Uh, and then finally, we'll, we'll have a bit of a chat on flat organizations. So the first three are actionable, and the last one is about flat organizations. So if you only get one thing from this podcast, be the first to tell your boss. Don't let your boss hear something negative or even we're going to talk about what kinds of things. Some of them aren't as negative as you think they might be. Uh, so, so negative or neutral, I'd say. Don't let your boss hear something negative or neutral about you or something you've done from someone else. No one should be able to tell your boss something that relates to you or your work without you having shared it first. Like, uh, And this cast, uh, apart from me being in trouble, also came out of discussions we were having about the chain of command. And the chain of command is a description for those of you who, uh, for English isn't your first language, the chain of command is a description of where uh, orders go in the military. So orders go from the highest person and then they go down the uh, organization to more more and more less senior people, more and more junior people, until the guy at the bottom gets told to swap the decks or whatever they tell people to do. And the orders only go one level at a time. So it's not like the Admiral of the Navy will just come round to the guy who's, you know, some deckhand and say, hey, swap the decks. The Admiral of the Navy tells the guy who reports to him, who tells the guy who reports to him, and so on. And the guy who decks the, swaps the deck only talks to his manager. And then if he's got something to say, he tells his manager and so on. And the reason for that is if you're giving orders in, in a war zone, then you want it to be clear whether or not someone should follow those orders. So if your immediate boss tells you something, uh, gives you an order, 
even if there's bombs flying and there's, you know, it's dark and there's, you know, I don't know, people shooting at you, the guy above you gives you an order, you do that order, right? That's the simplest thing. If the guy who you've never met before but is dressed in the same uniform gives you an order, you ignore it. So there's a good reason for people obeying orders. Now, some people will say, we're not in the army or we're not in the Navy. And why should I follow orders from someone who is, I don't know, maybe even younger than I am, maybe doesn't have the skills I have, you know, someone I don't necessarily respect, you know, why, why should I follow what that person says? Um, and a lot of people work in flat organizations now, or they say, um, we don't want people to be empowered over other people. Um, and we We'll talk about that at the end because it's not actionable. We'll talk about what to do in those situations or how what we're telling you now plays out in those situations. But even if you are in a sort of the opposite to a chain of command, a very a very um, static uh, organization, everything you do, good and bad, comes back on your boss. If you do something good, it's like, wow, you're a great manager and your guy's doing awesome. If you do something bad, it's like, what are you doing? Why aren't you managing this person properly? <laughs> yes, exactly. And just imagine, put yourself in his shoes or her shoes for a second and think, what does that feel like if somebody comes up to you and says, your guy's an idiot, he did this, what are you doing about it? You're going to feel picked on, um, singled out, you're going to feel uh, criticized and frustrated. And like you made a mistake that you know nothing about. Right. And so that's why bosses get upset when they don't hear something first, because it comes back on them. It's a reflection on them, whether you intended it to be or not. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And even if you disagree with what we've just said the last five minutes and, you know, you're not in the Navy, you're not in the Navy, you don't have to take <laughs> exactly. orders. The guy above you isn't smarter. If you just take nothing, take be the first to tell your boss as a commandment and your work, your work life, I promise, will be better, however flat the organization is. Yes, exactly. The worst mistake that you as a direct um, can make with your manager is in basically not protecting them, right? Mm -hmm. As directs, we sometimes, sure, we, we despise or dislike the fact that there are these chain of commands in organizations, but we also want that person to have our back. And that having your back goes both ways. It's a huge relationship error as a direct not to allow your boss a heads up, rather have them find out from some other random person that something went wrong that they probably ought to have known about and now are here with no way to defend themselves because they didn't realize they needed to. And so, yeah, it's smart for both of you to know exactly what is going on um, so that when that conversation does happen, they can say something in response to either defend or or to justify or to to converse with one another about what happened and steps going forward. We've got some examples of this kind of thing and things that you might need to tell your boss. So for instance, you fixed something on the website which broke something else. You got that thing fixed, but only by using resources from another team. Don't let your boss find out that you used resources from another team from that boss. Right. Or 
you told a customer that they could have something that's slightly unusual, a bit outside of your normal offering, which is within your purview, but your teammate is going to have to be the one that does the work to deliver it. Don't let your boss find out after you've already committed your teammate's time. You submitted expenses and your boss signed off on them and there's a $100 mistake. HR catches the mistake, but they also report it in their monthly issues and resolutions report, which goes to everyone. Don't let your boss find out when her boss reads about it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Or you had a, a bad experience with another team service and you reported it to their manager, as you should. Just don't let your boss find out from the other team's manager that you reported that mistake or that miss or that error, right? And you'll notice that most of these examples aren't terribly negative, right? None of these are like earth shattering. It's not like we said you accidentally put $3,000 from the business's charity fund into your own personal bank account. That would be bad. (laughs) That would be really, really bad. Or you took down the entire building's internet with your, your fix of the website. You broke, you, you unplugged a server, things like that, right? Yeah, because most of the time we're not making big mistakes. But even small mistakes like this, you want to communicate to your boss before someone else does. Most of the mistakes we make on a day-to-day basis are small. And some of them aren't even mistakes. Getting bad service from another team and talking to their manager about it isn't a mistake. It's only a mistake when your boss finds about it from, <laughs> from someone boss. that's not you. Because what happens is that the other team's manager comes to your manager and says, hey, Sarah was down in my department yesterday and, you know, we did screw up, but I don't know, she came and told me and everybody could hear and, and that just made some bad feeling on my team. And your manager's like, really? Now, if... If you had had the conversation ahead of time and you said, you know, no, that, that's not that's not what happened. It wasn't that they made a small error. They really screwed up my stuff. I took two hours to fix it. Then when the, the other manager comes to your boss, he's going to be like, Mm-mm, I'm protecting Sarah. Yeah, because we talked about it. She let me know. And that's not exactly how it went down. Yeah. Or even if it was a small mistake, he could, you know, he'd say, yep, Sarah told me about it. It's all good. And then, you know, if he doesn't know about it, then he looks like he's unconnected to his team. Again, it's a reflection on him. He looks like a bad manager. Yeah, absolutely. And the communication that you as a direct provide your manager that that heads up in no way needs to be formal, guys, right? It's not like you're creating a report to let them know about these relatively small things that are occurring. Could tell them during your O3 if that's coming up rather quickly, right? By email, I know many organizations like text, Slack, um, your instant messenger, whatever communication system that you tend to use most often internally, just to send those small messages. Now, you'll notice when I said O3, I said if it's coming up relatively quickly, don't use oh I was waiting uh, for our O3 to let you know as a reason to wait like four business days because the likelihood of someone else bumping into your boss in the hallway or mentioning it in passing goes up with every passing minute, right? After it's occurred, the sooner you can get the communication happening, the better. 
Sometimes we think it's not worth bothering our boss on this day. You know, maybe they're at a conference and you think, you know, they really want to be doing whatever they're doing at the conference, or maybe they're at training and they need to concentrate, or maybe they're meeting with a big customer and you don't want them to be bothered. But it's far better to communicate those things and for in your O3 for him to say, for her to say, um, look, you told me about four things this week. They were all really minor. You don't need to do that again. I'm all I'm good with that level. Far better that than them to say, I had four things from other people this week. What are you doing? Don't worry about bothering them or or don't let that put you off. If if they were in the office, if they were sat next to you or sat wherever they normally work, would you tell them? If the answer is yes, then still do it, even if they're doing something else that's unusual. And usually we can gather data in the lead up to these types of events from our manager's previous behaviors, right? That is, if there's something that you in the past thought was relatively minor and you didn't think it was a big deal, but your boss has reacted in an angry or disappointed way um, about that thing that you thought was no big deal, learn that. Communicate those things. Clearly, if they think it's a big deal, then you ought to take it to hand, right? And also consider it to be a big deal. Because what's important uh, is something that's subjective and you can't identify that for your manager. So pay attention to the cues they're giving you in their behavior. If they value it, so ought you. You know, some people will say, well, why should I take, well, they don't have more knowledge than I do. Why should I I take, I, if I don't think it's important and I have the knowledge I do, then, then it's not important. Well, that's true. But you want to have a relationship with this person. <laughs> this person can make your life miserable at work um, and or they can make it nice at work. Or you can make yourself miserable at work by never, you know, adapting to them. So you want to have a positive relationship. And if somebody thinks something's a big deal and you don't, just go with it. It's a really minor thing to do that. Now, if you did really make a mistake, a big mistake, then admit it quickly, emphatically, and actively. So we have a podcast called Admitting Mistakes, which if you go to the website, you can search for Admitting Mistakes. Um, And the example is, boss, I'm sorry, I made a mistake in the budget spreadsheet I sent you. I put the training line item in as $800 and it should have been $800 million. (laughs) Yeah. I did something. This is what I did. There's no passive voice. There's nothing. There was a a mistake was made. No, you made a mistake. Own up to it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We're a full month into the new decade. Do your folks have the effective behaviors and tools in place to get the results you need for this year and this decade? Are your teams communicating as effectively with your customers as they are internally? If your organization needs help, talk to Maggie at Manager Tools about bringing our effective manager or effective communicator to your organization. In one day of training, your people can learn exactly how to be an effective manager or an effective communicator. Contact Maggie at maggie at manager-tools.com. She'll be happy to jump on a quick call and talk about the various options we have and how it could fit your needs. Now, all that said, guys, there is a caveat to this guidance. Okay, we're talking here about negative effects that affect other people or other teams 
and of a cost in terms of labor, finance, or relationship. Now, what that means is if you've got a project plan with a hundred tasks on it, and one task is a single day late, that's not the kind of negative event we're talking about here, right? Um, even if it does affect somebody else, it's part small part of a really large picture. So for those of you that work on projects, um, this could be a bit tricky. So here's some guidelines. So if one task is a week or more late, or 10% of tasks are a week or more late, or you don't have a plan to rectify late tasks, and or you need your boss's influence to get them rectified, or you've got feedback, or you know from experience that that late task is going to cause a problem somewhere else in the organization, then tell your boss. If one task is less than a week late, you don't have to tell them unless one of the others apply. And now I wouldn't split hairs on 9.5% of tasks are a week or more late and then 10% you do. So there's some judgment here, but in general, if 10% of the tasks are a week or more late, then you have to say something. You know, if the tasks are small, you know, a quick, hey boss, FYI, text or email or Slack or whatever is fine. If the task is in the critical path and it's a day late, yeah. and that's going to cause a huge problem, then you owe them a much more detailed explanation, a much more comprehensive explanation of what you're going to, of what the problem is, um, what you need in terms of help, what you're going to do about it. Uh, so there's some judgment there, but we trust you. <laughs> all right. Now, all of this up until now has been about relationships, relationships between ourselves and our manager. But now, rely on relationships and still be the first to tell your boss. When you've got strong relationships across the organization, negative events just have less of an impact and you still have to be the first to tell your boss. So an example that we talked about earlier, you fixed something on your website, which broke something else, you got it fixed, but only by using resources from another team. Now, that's the kind of event where you can benefit enormously from the relationships that you've made with others in the organization, right? The person that jumped to your aid, that helped you fix that website after you accidentally broke something. Um, if you have a good relationship with it, one, they're not. it's not even going to be a big deal to help you out. They're like, yeah, sure, of course I'll pitch in. Sure, why not, yeah. right? It'll take me a minute. It'll, It'll take fine. me a second. Exactly. <laughs> that, that, and they're not going to make you go through some sort of formal approval, writing, ticketing system, process, procedure for the fix, something that they may have to do if it was a normal day, a normal item. Or you didn't have that relationship. Exactly. You didn't have that relationship. They might honestly not even tell anybody, right? Just keep it on the download. Oh, no, it's fine. I'll, just, I'll go in. I'll quick and I'll fix it. And we no won't have- No one will ever know. No one will ever know. We won't have any impacts because we'll just get her done real quick and it's all good, right? Even in this instance, you want to be the person who tells your boss uh, and you want to be the first person. So there is all sorts of ways where the contact, your contact, your friend who fixed something for you can be bound to reveal that he did some work for you, right? His boss might ask him, where were you between, like, like oh, I was looking for you. Where were you at like 11.30? Like not in a um, exactly, you know, 
tell me where you were every minute of the day and what you were working on way but just a casual like I was looking for you and I couldn't find you you know a colleague on your team might ask oh I really needed the name of that spreadsheet where were you um you he might have to have fill in a timesheet and have a gap for when he was working with you he may miss a phone call or be slow in answering an instant message and somebody says where have you been like in a really casual way right um he might miss a deadline and have to say why and they could all be the most casual inquiries but your contact is bound by ethics to tell the truth if you're asked a question then you tell the truth about the answer and once the they do the truth is out there and that may get back to your boss without you having said so so all you've got to do is go to your boss and say i screwed up i broke that website page it's okay um i talked to kevin he agreed to fix it for me he did it right then and there but i just wanted to let you know in case uh someone asked what kevin was doing for us no biggie no biggie such a small deal all right Now, talking about work, your boss, and politics. Now, any work that comes to you from outside your chain of command is inherently political. And because of that, you need to brief your boss about it. What does Mark say about politics? What you call politics? What the rest of us call relationships? Yeah. 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 It depends on where you're looking looking at it from and, you know. If you look at it from below, it looks like politics. If you look at it on the level, it's just relationship building. It's just relationship building. Exactly. And if your boss finds out that you're doing work that she didn't know about, especially if it doesn't align properly with her current relationships, her political agenda, you are at risk. You don't get to go and complain about not having the capacity to get your work done and being slammed because the organization is expecting you to do so much, if you and your teammates are working on things that's not sanctioned by or or politically acceptable to your boss, right? But differently, you can. You can work on those things that are not in direct alignment with your boss's priorities in the organization, but you're putting yourself at risk, right? Um, political agenda so, so, sounds so Machiavellian. It does. But, it, but it's not really. It's it's just, you know, like you said, it's your boss's priorities. Your boss has goals to deliver, um, targets to meet, and she has a plan for doing that. And if she misses the plan, she needs a reason why she missed the plan. And she can easily say, I didn't have enough people. But if then you've been working on a bunch of work that wasn't stuff that she wants you know stuff that's in the plan she missed the plan she says i need more people and then somebody says yeah but that guy he's never working on your stuff now she looks stupid again try not to make your boss look stupid that's, yeah. a, rule. <laughs> that's a good general rule of thumb <laughs> yeah. it's good it's a good general rule of thumb absolutely so if someone comes to you that's not your boss not in your chain of command and needs a favor or support or some sort of information, then you can't just say, yes, absolutely, I'll help you. Now, that said, your answer shouldn't be an immediate, nope, I can't do it. You're not in my chain of command, right? You you want to handle the ask well, because these are relationships as well, right? Saying immediate no makes you then that person that, oh, don't even ask them. They yeah. just say no You've all the time. You've suddenly got no friends. Right? You've suddenly got no friends. So now relationships are hurt in the other direction. But 
your yes just has to be weighted and assessed against your boss's alignment, how much work it is, especially how much it's going to affect your own workload, right? All of those types of factors. So you're absolutely justified to say, can I get back to you? Um, I'm biased to say yes, but I just need a chance to think it through, right? Then if you need to think, you have time, ping your boss, just make sure that this is kosher with them to take on. It probably will be, but you should check. And again, there's a size, there's a size thing here. So we're not talking about one phone call or one quick email yeah, that's a friend. A, yeah, or point. we're not talking about phone calls that you're going to make at home at night or a call to someone external to your company that you make for somebody else's career and you do it at lunchtime or a break time. Um, we're talking about things that will take a day's work over a couple of weeks or six hours over a couple of days. We're talking about work that takes corporate resources to complete that's outside of your line of command. So sometimes we need to fix the MOU. So the map of the universe is a thing we have on our website. If you go to the homepage and look in the top right, it has a um, little Sputnik thing. You click on it and it's a mind map of all of the casts by topic and you can search it. It's really cool. Uh, but sometimes it needs tidying up and sometimes the database has a bit of a glitch and it puts things in the wrong place. And so I go in and I tidy it up. Um, but the tidying up thing is a sort of IT thing. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not on the IT side of the organization. <laughs> right? So, you know, the danger for me is Paul, our IT guy says, uh, I say, hey, I need to fix these things. And he says, okay, go ahead and fix them. It won't break anything else. And I start fixing them. And then Mark says, where's your CT podcast for next week? And I say, I haven't done it because I was doing stuff on the website. And then I get in trouble. Right. <laughs> you know, the company pays me to write Career Tools podcasts. It doesn't pay me to do stuff on the website. And it's expecting me to do those things. It's expecting me to have a podcast written, not to say, yeah, but the MOU looks beautiful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Hopefully that's an example that helps people. And again, we're not saying a blanket no. I, it's not like I always say no to Paul and say you have to do it yourself. But your yes in the interest of your career, if it diverts corporate resources away from the work that your boss wants you or expects you or your team to be doing, then you have to speak to her first. Mm -hmm. Actually, Wendy, you and I were talking about this in the podcast we recorded the other day. None of us have time to help others scheduled on our calendars on a regular basis. So unless you have time slotted specifically whereby your work is not the thing that takes precedence, you should just check with your boss. That's all. And the longer you're in the role, um, the longer you work for your specific manager, the better you're going to understand your boss's plans, um, their political alignments within the organization, their priorities, and the more of the decision you'll be capable of making yourself, right? What are the things that she needs to hear right now? Oh no, she won't care about this one. Right. What what kind of what's the size at which she gets bothered? What isn't she bothered by hearing? Exactly. Know? Um yeah. But be careful because confidence can lead to you deciding, I don't need to tell the boss. And then you're in the situation of the first thing we said, which is don't let the boss hear something about you right. from someone else. Confidence leads to overconfidence in this example. Yeah, and it totally can. Now, if the CEO, as a disclaimer, I suppose, if the CEO shows up at your desk 
and ask you to do something, it is an immediate yes. There's no, there's no, oh, can I take away some time and think about that? No, it is not ever smart to say to the CEO, um, I'm just going to go think about it. I just need to make sure that that's in alignment with my current priorities. You say yes, CEO, of course, I would love to do that for you. And then you immediately go tell your boss. We talk about this oftentimes at our public conferences. Your CEO, the person at the top of the organization, will always be able to go down to the very bottom of the organization and ask for things really short order, real quick, like fast turnaround. And that's okay. Just get that done. The admiral can actually say to the guy who's swapping the decks, you missed a bit. Exactly. They absolutely can. It just suits well the people that take the order to let their direct manager know that the CEO asked it, right? Because when they come back to follow up, they're not going to follow up with the guy that swapped the deck. They're going to follow up with that guy's manager. Your manager's like, what (laughs) What? is going on? You're working on a side thing for the CEO? Why didn't you say something? Yeah. So we talked about flat organizations a little bit at the beginning, and and we've covered all of the actionable material for this guidance, but we wanted to talk a little bit more about flat organizations. So we know that organizations have become flatter, that is, they have less layers of management than they used to, and that some organizations which are held up as examples to follow say that they have no hierarchy at all, so there's no managers. Um... And they decide on the work amongst themselves. Yeah. Now, in general, when an organization talks about having a flat structure, it means that it's relatively flat compared to other um, tall, hierarchical, narrow, non-flat organizations. So if a company talks about being flat, that doesn't mean you actually don't have a boss and you are the work equivalent of the CEO of the organization. That's not what they're saying, right? So the guidance doesn't apply or that these behaviors are not expected because they are. Unless you're in one of those special places yeah. <laughs> that gets written about in magazines, there is a hierarchy. Even if it's two people, it's exactly. a hierarchy. And that means you have a boss. And if you have a boss then you need to do what we've just told you to do in the last 30 minutes. Absolutely. If there's more than one layer in your company, there is a chain of command whether you want it to be there or not. So keep your boss in the loop. Keep your boss in the loop. All right. So guys, really, in summary, wherever humans are existing, hierarchies exist. And it doesn't matter how egalitarian we want to be, Um, By nature, we always organize ourselves into hierarchies. Now, ignoring the hierarchy and acting as if it doesn't exist because we feel that it oughtn't exist is basically like Wile E. Coyote, ignoring the edge of a cliff as he runs off it, just because he wishes there was more space to run on, right? It's silly. You're like, okay, guy, you should have known the cliff was going to end. You could see it. And you just ran off the edge. So you kind of are flat for a reason. Exactly. It exists. It's there. There's nothing we can do to change it. So instead, learn to work with it and reap the benefits of the relationship power being built between ourselves and our manager. Life will get so much happier when you have a good relationship with your boss. Exactly. So much. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you, Mandy. 
that's it for this week we'll be back next week with a different topic